0: This podcast is sponsored by JHS. JHS has a solution to meet any project you may have. From small residential all the way through to high-end commercial, JHS has a hand-picked commercial LVT, vinyl, carpet tile, and a variety of broad looms to meet every level of budget and specification. Visit jhscarpets.co.uk, contact them directly, and get your local area manager to pop in for a cup of tea. Now sit back enjoy this show, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Right, welcome Andrew to the UK Flooring Podcast. First question, who is Andrew Biss?
1: I'm still working out sometimes. Um, I'm, you know, dad to two grown-up kids, husband, father to a a stepdaughter, um I run my own business. Um I trying still now to work out what I want to do. I, I think I'm regressing in certain things. I'm sort of living my youth slightly that I missed out on. But um it's a really hard one for me to answer that one. I thought about that one. Um
0: where did it all begin?
1: Where did it all begin? Um well, I, I I don't think anyone ever wakes up as a small child and says they want to go into flooring restoration. I, I'm still yet to find someone that does that. Um, for me, my past, actually, the last time I was ever employed, I used to work in the arts world in the marketing side. So I worked at uh, for a few years at English National Opera. And then I went to a regional venue uh, in charge of marketing and programming there. And then actually I got what I would say was my dream job at the time when I was head of marketing at the city of Birmingham Symphony Orchestra. This is back in uh, 97, I think. And then alongside that, I've always been a pretty handy guy. I've always just got things done around the house. Actually, I remember once. I needed to earn some money to go travelling, and my mum and dad wanted the house tiled, the kitchen tiled. I'd never done it before, but said I'd do it, and slightly regretted it after I'd stripped off the whole kitchen and wondered what on earth I was going to do. But you just learn these things. This was the days before YouTube as well, um, and I just did it, and and I started. I'd sanded the floors in my own house when we when I got got our first house back in the in the nineties. And I quite enjoyed it, which is the weird thing. And um, I did it for a few friends and helped them out. And then that job I mentioned, my dream job, um, I got booted out. I didn't really get on too well with the chief exec. Right, Stayed. I went. And then almost as a, it wasn't a joke. I just decided I didn't want to work for anyone again. It was just the whole process of it. You know, working for HR, you know, having HR departments and all this sort of stuff and not really earning that much when you, especially when you work in the arts. And someone joked, a friend of mine said, Why don't you start floor standing, set up a business? And that's what I did 25 years ago. Wow. In that background.
0: And is it always been called Stripper's Flooring?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's the elephant in the room this one, isn't it? Yeah. It has always been called Stripper's Flooring. And then the, the strap line, which came along a few years later, is revealing hidden beauty in wood floors. And um it's 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 something that w- it, it started as a bit of a joke, but I've got to be honest, I've regularly, every few years, check that it's relevant, check that I'm not offending anyone. I check that it's not become a bit too a bit too naff and I check that through you know my son's friends who are sort of a writers one's a um, you know writer for a feminist journal so I, I I try to make sure that it's it's still relevant it creates yes. you notice it you do notice yeah, it's it. definitely like, memorable yeah I mean I should tell you a very very quick story we want some we had a major redesign on our website uh, a few years ago and I asked them to, uh, the brief was to make this website look a little bit on the sexy side. What I meant was, as a man of my age, was if I was looking at a hi-fi magazine or a car mag I and mean, that sort of sexy And they gave and they came back with this sort of uh these drawings, and these pictures of literally this woman with ripped jeans and high heels walking across the floor. And it was just the most horrific thing. And I thought, no, 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 you completely misread the brief on this on this website. So it's we use it and it's a slightly tongue in cheek, but nothing else about it is uh, is jokey, if you know what I mean. It's just no. the, the name of the company. And that is what we do, that we specialize in that.
0: In, in stripping. Restoring,
1: floor? Yeah, is restoring yeah is the restoration of wood floors it's what we're, we're very good at
0: No, i'm 100 all in on memorable marketing um you know being being memorable to your clients is is the the number one way of getting new clients in my opinion so they're not going to forget you know I've, I've got the strippers coming around you could there's always gonna be a little bit of a play on it type of thing we do get,
1: we do get a little bit of a play I, I tend to be a bit of a disappointment these days when i'm turning up i tend not to fit the bill but um you know, especially. I mean, we've got you know, we've got the three vans, and it you know, it looks quite. People do remember it. Um, it's an easy one. The th- the only thing I would say is, if you've only just got part of the name, most people don't like putting just the word strippers into the internet search engine. They need <laughs> to have the flooring bit. Otherwise, it you know, I can't vouch for what might come up. But uh, yeah.
0: Well, you've partially answered my next question. So you've got three vans on the road. Um, we
1: have. It's uh, just two at the moment. But two. Yeah.
0: And so, how does the team look? Are you still on the tools? Have you got how many guys? Have you got what? What's a, a week look like for you?
1: Well, this time last year, there was there was four of us in total. Um, unfortunately, one of our lads last year was quite seriously ill and major surgery, so he's he's not back with us, and we're hoping he, he will be. So, because uh, we operate in Cornwall and Sussex, because of yep. my personal life now, so ideally, I've got two um, in Cornwall at the moment. I've just got Jamie, um, who's Brilliant has been with me for a few years now. um Absolutely superb. He, he, he knows everything. Originally a floor fitter, so he he runs around. He's desperate for me to fill that other that other post of getting the the second person down there. I did have someone up here in Brighton at the moment. It's just me. I've got to be honest. I'm at the stage where I actually can't do week in week out. I'm getting I'm just getting too old for it. So I tend to try and do every other week. But as I'm sure you. Can guess it never works out like that. So I tend to do sort of four weeks on the trot and then I'm, um, and then I try and be office based for the, you know, at least a couple to take a break. So I'm trying to split it 50 50 for me personally.
0: Okay. So you're working as single man teams. Is that like, at the moment? At yes. the moment. Yeah. I mean, that no matter how old you are um, or or what fitness or anything, I, I think it's completely savage in itself, you know, from doing sanding. From when I started twenty odd years ago, as well, um, obviously I don't do it now. But doing it on your own, no matter what level of fitness, is 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 graft. Getting the sanders out the machine, you know, out the van, putting them back in, um, oh, you know, yeah. cleaning down the room, staining. There isn't a bit. Obviously, the the lacquering is a little bit easier, but it is still easier with a second person that's down on the floor with a brush. So how? How do, yeah. how, how do you how do you get over that? Because as yeah. I said, you. you, you
1: I've got to be honest, Tom. I did it. I did it for years before I even thought about taking someone else on. I just, it, it, I didn't think of anything else. And and ironically, a number of years ago, you tend to get a bit isolated in in I think in this sector, especially at that time. I was down in Cornwall. I went on. I don't know if you know the KHR and the, what yep. they're the fly and sand, and I was lucky to go on the first one. I think it was twenty seventeen. Might have been twenty sixteen. I can't remember. And suddenly I was in a room with other people doing what I do of all different size companies, you know, from big ones to small to small, medium, etc. And suddenly able to talk. And my eyes were open, really, because you sort of just live a bit blinker doing things what you think are always the right way. And suddenly you think, oh, no, there's there's different ways to do it. And um, that's when I look at, looked at taking someone on. But it is it is. It is Savage, and um, my guy Jamie, I'm hoping he's now not going to listen to this because um, he's definitely going to be after that second-person suit rather mm-hmm. than later. But it gets onto another bugbear of mine, or a bugbear of mine, which is it's really hard to find the right people. Oh. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not the first person to to talk about this on your, on your podcast. Um, even in Brighton, offering a really, really good salary, um, and we do it, we offer salary pension a van you know pension contributions i'm i'm finding it really hard to get someone and then the apprentice you can't get someone down in the southwest because you've got to send them up to uh floor skills isn't it um no yeah. this yes yeah, floor skills okay. for the two days a week i i just can't afford to to do that and hope and stick them in a hotel for three nights yeah. and send them back i've tried really hard to get an, um uh an apprentice but on normal car um the carpentry apprenticeships it it doesn't work it's it's not applicable to the sort of skill set that we need or they need no um so i am i do find that really hard um we, we trialed one guy and we walked in in the afternoon and we found him asleep on the floor in the other room so, Wow. yeah yeah jamie my guy was not impressed with that one i can tell you but,
0: um, so do you think that like over the years you've been running the business do you think that is the biggest challenge you've faced um recruiting people or is there something else that running a sanding business or running a flooring business? Um, what's what's your biggest challenge at the
1: moment? Um, I'd say recruitment. I'd say recruitment is is the biggest challenge, is is people coming into it because uh, literally it's what I said almost at the beginning of this is no one really wakes up dreaming of being a a, a floor sander. You, you come to it by accident. I think most of us do, whether it be through a family business or you started doing floor laying or someone just literally – a machine at you and said give it a go and then all of a sudden you end up doing it and i think it's there is it's not there isn't a respect for it but i think sometimes it's seen as a little aside it's not as relevant as other skills no Um, and therefore you just it's difficult to convince people to sort of move into it um because as you just said it is it is hard graft it's a hard day's work there's no doubt about it
0: I mean, you can do the the KHR courses. You can do the other uh, some other courses, which are only a day or two days, whatever. But to really train someone, in in my opinion, um, on on a floor signing business, you look in eighteen months to two years before you could probably. It depend on their skill set, depend on their learning abilities, but normally I found you know eighteen months to two years you would hope they can do most jobs you know, yes. within that time scale. Yes. Straight away, you might be able to get them on the edge here, but you Yeah, know, or uh, a flexi standard uh, and so on, yeah. Exactly. So but to actually give them a van and trust them with Mrs. Jones's conservatory to be as good as you would do it, you know, that was the sort of timescale we used to use as a training programme. Have you found yeah. this? Would you agree with that? or is that
1: Absolutely. And the other thing, we had it last year, unfortunately, with a chap that left because – when you're teaching someone, I can't build that. I can't build that out. I can't include that cost in, in in the work. So you're absorbing that as a company whilst whilst they're learning. So and not only that, the job's generally being done slower because you're stopping and you're trying to teach them how to do it. So it might, for sake of argument, a five day job might you might add on another day to it. So not only are you extending the job, you're, you're the job the profit margin is way less because you're having to 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 foot out the bill for your apprentice for so long and there isn't a support network. And that's really hard to do. You know, most most small companies like ours just don't have those sort of, you know, funds sitting there to be able to fund that.
0: So coming on to that, um, if you had a five-day sanding job, I don't need to know the ins and outs, but <laughs> would you price it on a square meter rate or would you price it on how long it's going to take you Plus a margin. How do you now price your jobs? Um and is it any different to what you used to do 10 years ago?
1: Um I value I value myself more, I value us more. Um I I tend to still work out what the job how long the job will take and um price it according to that, but it generally comes out to the same square meter which in my head. But then, you know, obviously doing a you know an oak engineered floor is gonna be a lot less than a pine floor where we're doing you know, you know we've got to take up boards where they've been cut off joists by you know sparkies etc uh you know there's you know bitumen around the edge and so on a lot of restoration work so we now do it so we exclude a lot of repair works we give an estimate to the repair works and then that's sort of priced uh, i suppose on an hourly prorata rate and yep. then the standing because I mean, we know how long that's going to take. Stairs, we if we have to do stairs, we always do on a <laughs> on a timed basis. We never give a fixed price for stairs, even after twenty five years, because I hate doing them. Yeah. But I mean, one of the things I, I wanted to talk about. The, you say we talk about teaching. I don't know when you if you want to talk about this, but one of the differences I I, I think is that what we do is is. It's it's in the treatment of female clients. I mean, this is a big issue of mine at Stripper's Flooring. So everyone that's ever worked with Stripper's Flooring is, I'm going to say taught because quite often it is taught in how to behave in people's homes. It's something that isn't really touched on. Um, if uh, I, I expect us to get five star reviews, yeah, from our work. that that almost is a given. I expect I expect it from Jamie, and he gets them, and I expect it from myself. Um, and but the difference is, is, is how to behave in people's homes. I, I cannot tell you the stories I hear from female clients about trades. And I'm not talking necessarily flooring here. I'm talking across the board of trades that, uh, you know, a lot of what were now termed as microaggressions in language, in let's take. A, I was talking to a client the other day, you know, leaders, I thing. She's a, a really high level uh, vet um, a trained professional and they're talking to a trade with her husband and the, the chap is literally just looking at the at the bloke at the husband even though the conversation is being led by uh, her
0: yeah
1: being, uh, uh, he, he's not even aware he's doing it huh. you know the decisions are being made by this woman you know the husband just happens to be there in another conversation but, uh, simple things like <laughs> I mean, it's almost a joke, but if you're working in a lady's house, you really shouldn't be leaving the toilet seat up. But again, nope. there are trades that do it. I mean, I hear a story, I had a story that one client told me because I had to go in and look at doing some work. She had an argument about paying the bill. These things happen, disagreements. Um, and they'd threaten to hold the keys back to keep the keys to this woman's house unless she paid the bill. I mean, it's just terrific, really. Wow. Yeah. So we we try really hard. To, to respect the fact that a home is effectively a woman's ultimate safe space, isn't it? Your Let's say your wife, you want the one place that she knows she's 100% safe is in her own home. Like some, sorry, I'm I'm going on here a, a That's quite fair. a but, but what we don't realise is we're not going in and fixing a tap for half an hour. We're quite often there for a week, possibly even two on a big job. Yeah, we We have a big impact, however tidy we might be on on people's lives and i think what isn't taught and what a lot of people don't have is the skills to know how to how to manage that side of things not yep. just work how to talk to clients how to maybe realize that a client is sometimes having a bad day in their own home as it's allowed how to just respond you know how to respond to that or not respond to it sometimes um so that for us is i think is a key i, th- I
0: think i think you made a really good point there which i i, I- well, I have. I would say it was. It was also a non-negotiable um, for me. Uh, exactly what you've said with clients' homes and how we treat it, and you know, hoovering driveways. If you, you know, if a bit of dust goes on the, all that type of stuff. You know, how you would expect your own home. That that was also non-negotiable for me. Um, but obviously, we we're a training provider as well, so we offer sales training, and our sales training is all about asking the right questions, not about telling the client this and the other. But the advanced level of what we could integrate into our training is home etiquette, which I'd never thought of. We obviously do this. We want to get people more profitable. We want people more getting more business. So we can say from the minute you get out the van to go and um, price up a job, we can train that that that, and we can train the quoting process. But then we stop there, and I think we've dropped the ball there because. It's as probably important as how you show up as an individual to price the job to how you turn up. Um so you've given me a great idea for the next level of training of just how well, how
1: to you it's, it's 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 something I've been working on for a long time, but yeah, maybe that's another conversation to be had. Um but Not, that, a lot of it a lot I mean, of it you can't teach, some of that you can't teach, and that depends on who you're employing. That's the other thing you've got to, to understand.
0: It's down to SOPs, you know, standard operating procedures, just um, and setting them in place and embedding them in, into your team, you know. And as the team grows, you know, this is like unfortunately, and some of it does come down to common sense, which some people lack, lack sometimes. But the basics of, I mean, you could even deep dive into this if, like, you know, if the client says, "Use, um, please use the kettle." Do you rinse it, rinse your cup out, and put it on the side, or do you just leave it on the mantelpiece? I know these are like, you know, maybe people like me and yourself would have a, you know, enjoy a cup of coffee in a customer's house, and we'd just wash it out because that's it's non-negotiable. Yes. But some people would just not see that and leave the cup on the fireplace where they were edging. Which, yeah, you know, that's probably not the right thing to do. So I think you've got a really sort of.
1: And that might be okay if you've gone in and done a 20 minutes and and you made a cup of tea and then you've disappeared and that's it. They don't see you again. But if you're there for a week then the client gets a bit tired of doing a washing up when they've given you use of the kettle, if you're you're going to do that, but it's all, again, some of that, some of that can't be, some of that can be taught. Some of it I think is, especially when it comes to attitude um, to women and the use of language and so on, that can be difficult to teach. I mean, i i had a client that she'd have this guy that would regularly stand in the doorway blocking her entrance with sort of arm across across the doorway and and sort of chatting with her and not it's a simple thing not allowing sort of not a way of escape but feeling like he'd sort of trapped her by blocking her into the room now that chap i'm sure had no intention of doing that absolutely none but it's 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 learning and i i know that using the word woke is possibly not the most popular word and possibly definitely not in in our industry but sometimes it is it is relevant and you've just got to look at changing sometimes our habits and just changing an approach because I, I notice you you call them i call them clients i don't call them customers i call them clients i call a customer someone that walks into tesco's buy something and walks out that's a customer yeah client is someone where you're before you've even walked in the house, you started building relationship with them, haven't you? you know, whole, if they haven't picked you just like that. Um, that's a client where the relationship continues throughout. And I think, uh, I mean, I'm always learning. I'm still always learning, you know, and 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 trying to stay, you know. As I said, it's part of, the sort of what I call the complete package that you know that we offer, and that to me is almost well, it's equally as important as the work because the work is a is a
0: given, I think. I think, I think you could work with so even any sex of client with even managing their expectations. So if you're going to put a solvent-based primer down or something like that, it and you notice there is a cat and a two-year-old in the next room, again, it's a given that this primer needs to be going down. But yes. certainly going, look, I'm going to close this door. And if you are going to walk your dog, now's a really good time because – I have to put the solvent based primer on because of X, Y, and Z, but it does smell a bit, but I'm going to ventilate it rather than just go and get out the van, whacking it on. And then the client's like, I wish you'd, you know, some people wouldn't care. Yeah. Some people would, you know, would really sort of think, actually, I really would rather you have told me that that was the process. And you don't have to go into the back end of this and that and whatever, but it's more managing that expectations. And then you can do it the same. We have clients even that say, oh, you know, that, oh, I'm sick of getting paid late. Yeah, but what did you do while you were in the client's house mm. to make sure that they fully were clear with, did you confirm the job in writing? Yeah. You know, just before your second quarter lacquer, did you say, look, we're going to be finishing tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock, will he be here to sign the job off? Just a communication sort of thing. And so, and so I'll come tomorrow with your invoice. Um, have you got any other questions about the work we've done so far? Yeah just those little things can be massive to you know to your cash flow to your client experience yes. so i think there's a there's a whole i think we <laughs> we could go on all day about uh, if uh, yeah. of, uh, of house etiquette or or even site i mean you get it on a building site you know you can't be on a building site you can't be running around in sort of i don't know like just with your top off with no hard hat on no, I know. Um, no. so it it should be similar to get world-class client experience house etiquette. So it, 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 especially when you got a lot of trades
1: on site, I mean, again, that's another thing is the mutual respect for between trades and other trades. And I, uh, you know, I did a job a few years ago. I can't be it's, like an, it's an office for an electricity company. And I was just coming out the door on a, on a coat and this Sparky said to me, I just want to get to the other side of the room. I just need to do a fix a light. And I literally said, I've just come out on a wet varnish and he's going, I'm only going to be a second. And you just want to pull your hair out going, that guy literally would have walked across the wet floor to, I don't know, do a light fitting and then walk back. He just didn't didn't care. But again, I could talk about an hour on on that as well.
0: Yeah. And I think it's managing. I've had, again, it's the same preemption of like noticing when you're going to price a job, there's lots of work going on. And then clarifying, it's quite clear you're having a lot of work done when we're on site, is anyone going to be here? Yeah. Oh, yeah, the, the bathroom fit, the plumber, the, they'll all be here. And it's like, right, okay, forwarding that conversation rather than getting to the job and then being really frustrated and then having to leave. Well, yeah. you've just not asked the right question.
1: I mean, um, that, that can always be difficult. We have it where they say they're on time, say they're on time, and because they, in their head and their hearts, they want to be on time, and then suddenly they realise forty hours before and they're not. Uh, um, I mean, obviously, the other thing, the job that we do, quite often on a refurb, on a, let's say a big house refurb, we're quite often at the end of that. You know, we're pretty much the last people in, and a lot of clients are just tired of having people in the homes. Just they just want it done and want everyone out. So we're coming in, and we're not maybe responsible. You know, we're not responsible for what's gone on beforehand and the grief they've had with other, maybe with other trades. So it's it is sometimes just really being again going back to just being sensitive to it, and it's being able to read a client. That to be honest comes some of that comes with experience, but you, again it's getting it through to the guys however many you've got you know the you know how to read a situation and what the signs to look for and so on what the things to do and there's definite things not to do ever you know but yeah we i could talk about it for a long time
0: i love it um so in the years you've you've been doing this um is there a bit of advice um that is stuck with you what is the best bit of advice you received and can you remember who it was from
1: um, no I've got a terrible memory these days I, I literally struggle to remember my kids names and I've only got two um, at the moment. I think it's that age um, I, there, there's there's two bits I always like and I used to use it funny enough on my kids a lot which is stop telling me what you can't do and tell me what you can um, I you know, stop coming to me with problems and the way something can't be solved let's just look at how it can be fixed so I'm a big big believer in that and the mantra, to be honest, I, I don't know where I got it from. It's quite common. Everyone, A lot of people use it is that I would relive by is it. It's easier to ask forgiveness than permission. I do okay. tend to work on that one quite a lot. Um, but, um, again, another side, I've, I've, I've worked for a number of years. I'm, I'm a bit retired now, but I work for a charity involved with disaster relief around the world. Okay, So Quite often in difficult situations, sort of earthquakes or mudslides and so on, very, very quickly. And you learn very quickly, you know, stop pushing against the closed door and trying to solve problems. Okay, let's just find a route around this um, and trying to be creative with, with, you know, with your solution. So that that would be my two, my two bits of advice, really.
0: Brilliant. I think I say it very regularly in our, in our household with our two kids, just, uh, just take the tea off count uh, and then ask me the same question. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I get that no, all the good, time. It's good practice for the kids, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, can you remember the worst bit of advice you've received, maybe more flooring related? Is there any advice that someone's given you to do a on a floor that just backfired?
1: No, I can't really. I can't really. I mean, I haven't had many things go wrong in, in my time, but I can't remember a bad bit of advice. I'll um, tweak
0: the question then. What's the biggest cock-up you've done? You must have done at least one. <laughs> that you have really kicked yourself. Well, one one
1: was many, many years ago, and it was the first time I sanded his amazing house in Cornwall. It was like the eggs used to belong to John Betjeman, So John Betjeman And I started sanding his floor and it was one of those five mil oak overlay floors. Yeah. And as I started sanding it, literally the whole thing started popping all the pins over the Literally just saw it happening. It was like about 50 square meters. And it was the first time I I went out and had to buy a pass load, and I had to individually fix down all these blocks that took a little while. That took longer. Right. And then I'll I'll fess up to this one was actually quite recently. I've only ever once gone through an electric electric cable. I normally have quite. When I take boards up and I'm doing it, I have my own marking system in my head. I use sort of almost like a code. I use spaces so I know whether I can put a screw there. Yeah. And um, I I caught this cable couldn't and then something went wrong in the kitchen which was far away in the house i thought well it can't be me it turned out to be me and then I had to get an attrition in to sort it out and eventually because i was pulling up boards and eventually found it and what's really really embarrassing is i did that in my own house
0: wow yeah i know <laughs> I my, at least my in wife, your house
1: my wife was not impressed i literally finally got to the last part of the house and i can't believe i put yeah i put a screw through a cable brilliant
0: so, yeah um, so at the moment, what marketing tactics are you using to bring new clients, and how are you predominantly finding floor sanding work in your area?
1: Um, we, uh, I, I, the website is important. We we redid our website a few years ago, and we pushed that. And I do pay for regular sort of SEO and keeping it, uh, keeping it tight um i don't have the time or the skill set to be trying to look at the backroom operation of a website and tags or all this sort of stuff it's smoke and mirrors to me it really is yeah i'd rather it's more economic, economical for me to go out and earn a day's money and pay someone to do it yeah. and make the faff about at home for four days to to try and to try and do it so i do focus on the website um I'm trying to focus on Instagram. I have to say, I, there are times where I'd literally rather sort of stick pins in my eyes than <laughs> deal with Instagram. But I, it is starting to become important. You know, I do have clients that possibly would only look at me now on Instagram rather than the website. Yeah. Um, so they're the two main reasons we get a lot of recommend. I mean, we've been going 25 years down in Cornwall. We get a lot of recommendations. We have a lot of contractors that, you know, the classic one are architects that they now don't bother even attempting to do it. They just sort of give us a call. So we're we're pretty established. Um yeah. certainly, certainly down there. Um so they I'd say they're the main main two. You know, we try and get a little bit of PR here and there, but it, it's quite difficult. It's not a really exciting industry um that we're we're working in.
0: Um, no. no, but they're great, great sources. And uh, I'm assuming it's changed over the years, but currently what are your go-to manufacturers um to use on a daily basis, feel free to plug them. all. you know, what what have you found works and why?
1: Um. Okay, so when it comes to machinery, I must confess I'm I'm a, a Legler man. I've still got the same one that I bought from Carl Rose, the, 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 the um, um, and Katie and Pete's father, twenty five years ago. That's still that's still going. So we have a couple of those. Uh, Jamie, and my guy in Cornwall tends to like the Bonner sanding machines. So we use those and Flexi Sanders. I love the trios, but just from a way and working in your own point of view, the Flexi Sanders is an easy machine to use. Yeah. Um, so I don't so we sort of mix and match. I do think the DCS dust system is a game changer, and I think everyone should be using it, I shouldn't, you know. I think from a dust extraction point of view, client satisfaction point of view, it's it's a brilliant bit of machinery, the DCS 70 from Bonner. And you can ask me about Finnish aren't you yeah. uh, I, I've got two go-to brands and I go uh, is Bonner and Loba yeah. I know there are others and by me saying that I use those I'm not in any way taking anything away from anyone else um, I yeah I've been using Bonner for a long time I'm yet to be called back on a job that it's failed um, I have a very strong relationship with them we've actually just carried out a project a social media influencer doing her her home and it's been fully filmed. I think it's due out in a few weeks by Bonner. I don't think I'm giving anything away by saying that. It's quite exciting, actually. Um, You know, we were all interviewed (laughs) despite having Bonner machines. We they palleted in a couple of sort of shiny new ones that would look better on film than our ones are a couple of years old. Um, And you know they've got good support it's a bit like a family sometimes you know I've been using Bonner stuff for so long that you know you're always gonna have the odd difficult day aren't you um and it's how it will get sorted in the end and um I think that's one of Bonner's strength and um the same with Loba I think Loba have come into the market the last few years and I'm really happy with my relationships with with those guys um it's funny again just an aside social media I very rarely put my my opinion down, you know, when someone says, oh, What do you think of this? And I did the other day on something, and all of a sudden, you've got people coming, in, Oh, I can't believe you said this. And all the that sort of stuff, You're thinking, Oh, it's only floor sanding. It's not, it's just my opinion. I was asked, I gave you my view. That's it. I haven't gone, Oh, it's the only one. It's not, I'm not sort of getting carried away with it. But um yeah, everyone gets very, uh, it can get a little bit funny about what, what they use. You know, I, I, I'm happy for people to use whatever they want. And that's what we use. It's served, they've served us well um i um but yeah they're they're my go-to manufacturers
0: oh, fantastic um and then go on to a little not a negative way but currently what is the least favorite part of your job or or your business it's not a job it's a business oh, the... i i well i i
1: kind of quite like all the paperwork and quotes i'm kind of it's my past i'm happy talking to clients so that side's really easy um i'm not i'm not very good it's not i'm not good on the finance side i consider myself a reasonably you know reasonably intelligent chap but when it comes to sort of doing accounts having have an accountant but i get a little bit thrown by that i say the least favorite Ah, oh, do you know what i'm gonna say is lifting that stuff out of the van i'm getting just it never gets any lighter it never no it gets any um and just sort of set up but um I suppose when I am on the tools, my least favourite part is the fact that I don't feel efficient because I'm not able to respond to calls or emails as quickly as I'd like to be. Sweet. So I, I I know when I'm off the tools for a week, I'm giving all my tricks away. Here I'm saying, when I'm off the tools for a week and I'm on laptop or and I'm doing stuff, I can be so much more responsive. I look so much more efficient that week to clients than who were maybe having to wait in the previous week. Yeah, and that frustrates me because I like to be on top of it.
0: So, do you think there's um, in in the future that you could completely come off the tools? Yeah. In, uh, yeah. Yeah. Is that would would it be that, or or would it be just you know hanging the court up, or would you rather keep going but more from a administrative uh, point?
1: Yeah, I'd like I'd like to get the team fully, you know, up to up to spec. So I, I don't think I want to go more than four of us, and I believe that. I believe there's always going to be jobs where I need to get my hand in. I, I really like all that, the jobs that a lot of people say no to, where we're going into complicated restoration work, and it literally looks like a dog's dinner. And we've done some amazing stuff, and Jamie's brilliant at it. You know, And it takes a while to work out, and it does cost, and you need the clients that are going to back you on that, knowing that you can't do that sort of stuff in an hour. And um, I do like that sometimes. just got you know. So I think I'm always, because I've always been like that, I'm always going to get my hands dirty, but just more selectively so.
0: Oh, I love it. Um, so I'm going to go on to a few controversial questions. Um, three people, dead or alive, that you would like to have a pint with.
1: I'm going to go for Barack Obama. I'm going to go for my grandfather that I call Papa. Um, I knew him until I was 16 years old and a very, very quiet man. We used to sit and watch the wrestling on um, on ITN together and but my grandfather was born in 1896 and he was actually born in, born in Ukraine actually. He was born just outside Kyiv and came across as a small child. And he fought in the First World War for the for the British and never ever talked about it. And I would love to go back and have a pint and just say, come on now, talk to me about it. Because he just never did. And David Bowie. Great.
0: Great Tim. Yeah. Any, any reason or just, just like... Oh, I, was,
1: I was a massive fan. I was a massive fan at the time. And you kind of think he'd be quite, quite a cool guy to party with. I think he'd get on with Barrack as well. Uh, my oh. grandfather would just sit there quietly watching the wrestling whilst everyone's having a drink and I'd have a chat with him. So, uh, yeah, it could be a good night.
0: I like that. I like that. Um, to get the most out of you and your team, how do you start your day?
1: Um it's difficult because jamie's working separately so i'm not always with him for me personally it's always getting up slightly earlier than i need to i hate rushing in the morning i'd rather get up earlier make my morning cup of tea and just get everything in order and then make my if i'm on the tools make my flask of fresh coffee and know i'm in time i hate being late i hate rushing so it's i think it's just setting yourself up knowing what you've got to do, maybe just checking your emails, making sure everything's, you know, there's nothing that needs your urgent attention and then heading off. Yeah, that that's my sort of routine.
0: What time are you normally in the van?
1: I always like to be on site for eight o'clock. So it depends, especially in Cornwall, you can be an hour and a half away. So if you're lucky, I could be, if, if I'm, in, when I'm in St. times where my house is, I might be 10 minutes away. So uh, as long as I'm on site by eight, I don't, whatever time it is
0: fantastic um if you had to change your profession today what do you think you would be firing them in now
1: okay, i'm going to give you two because one of them i'm slightly doing actually um if i could really change my profession i've oh god i would study winemaking and i'd own a vineyard and i would be making wine in sussex or something like that i've always i've always I've been into wine and collected wine since I was 17, actually. Wow. Um, and I think I, that's that's probably the, the that's like secret,
0: secret passion.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big, yeah, big, um, big into my wine. But the other one, one I am started doing through my son is I, I did it last year. I took a week off and I was a tour bus driver for my son's band and I was traveling around the actually sort of up North and sort of staying in dodgy little places and dropping I was basically a roadie for a week and I bloody loved it it was great it was just just being around creative people like that I mean obviously they're a lot younger um um and obviously I, I I know know a lot of them and just just driving and listening to the banter and yeah it's I really enjoy that and then you're sort of you know backstage at a little venue and that you know seeing crowds sort of how they react to sort of a great performance. I, I, yeah, I quite happily become a, a roadie, some old man roadie, just taking, taking bands around. Oh. I could do that as well.
0: Out, out on the road being a roadie, drinking wine on an evening. and uh,
1: Yeah, that's perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. You need to describe my perfect life. Yeah.
0: Um, and then obviously you've been in business a long time. Uh, what are the three things that you would, uh, that you do now that you didn't do when you first started? What are three things you would advise someone that's just getting into the game? um gosh put me my the spot there i think
1: when well, i get to three i'll try i think one of them is for so long some i don't know bit of kit would come out and i go oh do i really need it i've managed this long without it whatever should i get it and then all of a sudden after like two years you think go on i'll get it and it a makes your life either easier you do the job faster or better you know any of that those combination of three things you think jesus christ why didn't i just buy that two years ago instead of faffing about um so i i i would say i would say that um three things i th- i'm a big one in get. i believe in getting professional advice you know i don't do my own accounts i never have um i i think you know i could fit a kitchen for instance if i really wanted to but it would take me a week and a half I could yeah. go out and uh, work for two days and get a professional kitchen bit to do it. do a job much better. So I, I I believe in surrounding yourself people that don't necessarily have the same skill set as you, but other skill sets that create a team. And I think I should have done that quicker, possibly. Yeah. I, brilliant. I think I, I think I went solo too long.
0: Yeah, that's one of mine, so I love that. That's really, yeah, uh, resonate with that one.
1: Three. Three. I can't think of a third one. I'm trying to think of a third one and come back at the end.
0: No, too much. Well, I've only got two more questions, boy, okay. uh, Andrew, um, and they're both kind of together. I can't ask you the question because what we're now going to do is we do. You need to give me a question for the next podcast guest, but I'm not going to tell you who the guest is, so it needs to be quite generic. But the oh. last podcast guest gave me a question to do with commercial flooring and glue and things like that. Oh, my so. Gosh so it's um it was more he wanted to know about um when glue will be um like non-existent in in the commercial environment um so it's probably not going to be the best question to ask yourself because you know it's not it it was more to do with commercial flooring no you can ask though
1: because i can always yeah again jamie's my main guy when it comes to sort of british standards on things like glues and subfloors etc but go on
0: well, I will ask that. So um obviously I think it's twenty thirty. Um they're going for net zero uh, emissions. Right. Um do you think adhesives will be non existent or will everything be loosely?
1: No, I I don't no. I don't think not adhesives will be non existent. We don't like loosely. No. And I, I I can't see how. They're just going to have to create something that works. <laughs> they're just yeah. going to have to do it. Um,
0: I was thinking the same. If it, they're going to create a new technology or, or water-based or whatever it is, that's completely carbon neutral. I don't know enough about it, but they've got, someone's got to be able to create it so it's still doable to stick down, maybe? I don't know.
1: They can create the most amazing... Even phones that bend, they can put in nano carbon technology. There's amazing stuff that they can do. I'm quite sure they can invent an adhesive that works that is more sustainable and goes works towards you know net zero targets. You've got to be able to do that.
0: Good. Yeah, I'm really not going to worry about that one though, Tom. No. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, you'll be out on the road somewhere drinking wine. Um, well,
1: I well, will tell you what, then this can be my question. Oh no, I can't tell you what the question is. I have to tell you after, don't I? No, no, I no.
0: You know, you tell me live on the podcast what I is the question nothing. for the next guest.
1: No, I'm I'm going to take it away from flooring because let's face it, this is not the most actually i should tell you a story if we have got time in a minute um is i want you to ask them if they could go on stage and sing with any performer live or dead and do a duet who would they do it with how about that
0: fantastic yes that will be getting asked on the next one i love that right. um it te- you can tell me the story then i'm going to <laughs> end with my most difficult question
1: so um i was last week i i found out i'd been invited as a for the first time i'm going as a guest the contract flooring journal awards this sort of star-studded thing and i was telling this friend of mine and um, um i'm not blagging here but he's he's quite a cool friend he's actually uh, one of the producers and currently the director of ted lasso he lives down here okay if you know that, and um he's he's as I told him that, we we went camping at the weekend, he told me he'd just been nominated for an Emmy Award wow. in LA. And I was thinking, there's me telling him I'm going to the contract flooring. And he's saying he's just been nominated for an Emmy for Ted Lasso. I'm thinking, oh, God, bloody hell. There's something wrong here. I was going, he's trying to be very enthusiastic for me. It only went so far.
0: No, I think it's still important. It's still important, just just on a slightly different level. <laughs> So my final and most difficult question, um, and this is take this question out however you want to take it. Mm -hmm. Andrew, what is holding you back?
1: Do you know what? Last night, I'll I'll tell you what's holding me back. I'm the world's worst sleeper. I have been since I was 18. I've never really had more than about... If I'm really lucky, five hours sleep a night. Last night, the night, this morning, I woke up at three and I didn't get back to sleep till about half six. So I, I quite often go on three, four hours sleep. And when I read all the books, well, in theory, I probably should be dead, actually. But um, I actually sometimes believe that lack of sleep, if I if I slept eight hours, even once, God knows what I'd be capable of doing. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but this morning, I'm definitely feeling that maybe um lack of sleep um on a more business note sometimes it can be sort of not lack of funding it's it's you know sometimes you can have the ideas i mean we were talking about them earlier you know it's like knowing where to go to with them and maybe having someone that has got faith in you that can back that idea in the long term
0: yeah
1: let's work on this together as a project you know you've got a certain skill set you know, maybe I can bring the money or exposure, or whatever. Kind of not look like a dragon's den thing, but that sort of thing. And yeah. then you, you can work together with someone because, again, it can. As we literally become full circle, haven't we? It can be quite an isolating, oh, isolating job. And I and I I think maybe that's sort of you know holding me back a, um,
0: potentially. But and I a good know. night's sleep. Yeah, and a good night's sleep, brilliant. You just have to drink more wine. That's the. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I know. Oh, yeah. I know. I wish that helped, but it doesn't.
0: No. Well, thank you, Andrew. Thank you for coming on the podcast. I think we've covered some really, really good points. Really enjoyed this one. It's great. Thanks for having me. As you may be aware, we have built a brand new training centre here at Cockrell & Co. And the opening day is on the 1st of September, and we'd love to see you here. We'll be releasing more information on social media, but please book out in your diary Friday the 1st of September, 10 till 8 o'clock at night. We'll see you there. If you'd like to find out more information about what we do, you can visit our website at cockrellandco.co.uk. That's cockrellandco.co.uk. We also have an Instagram account which is Cockrell Co, and also we are on Facebook. Once again, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and we look forward to seeing you here again soon.